Thanks, Sarah and team. Come on, we believe in a God that moves mountains. If you're joining us, this is your first time here at church, you, you will have heard the statement, moving mountains, a few times already this morning. We're in the middle of a series and kind of coming to the end of a short series called Mountain Movers. We believe that we can be mountain movers, that we can be people who see the mountains ahead of us, but those mountains don't, uh, they don't scare us, that they don't daunt us. We don't look at that mountain and say it's impossible because we have a God who says it is possible to move this mountain from here to there. The, the heart of the series is out of uh, Mark chapter 9 where the disciples went and they tried to cast out a demon out of a boy. And, uh, and, and they couldn't do it. And Jesus comes in and he makes a statement, you faithless generation. He said, he said if you just believe, you can speak to this mountain and tell it to move from here to there. And the, and the man whose son was affected, he, he says, I believe, but help me in my unbelief. Anybody struggle with unbelief at times? Come on, we all do. We all, we all kind of see it and we go, yeah, I know you can, God, but maybe you won't for me. I'm here to say that God can do it and he will do it. And don't keep looking at the mountain and seeing how big it is. As Amy said last week, let's come on, let's, let's look how big God is and see what he can do because he wants to move some mountains. But we learned in week one that when we see a mountain in front of us, we don't just shove up against it. We pray first. We make a decision to say, God, I'm going to speak to you about this mountain. I'm going to ask you to move it because you're the one who moves the mountains. Then last week we looked at Naaman. Naaman who was told to go and dip in the, the Jordan River seven times before he get his healing. Because sometimes God moves a mountain immediately. You just know it's gone. Sometimes he takes a little while to move a mountain. And in those moments, he's asking us to trust and obey. I know one person who's waited two years for a job. And God has faithfully brought him a job because he trusted and he took every step of obedience that God spoke to him about. Sometimes we have to pray first and then trust and obey. I shared last week that we came back from Bangladesh, Amy and I, and uh, we, we, we just felt this nudge that we were supposed to put our house on the market kind of free ourselves up financially to be able to do some things with our children and kind of give them experiences rather than stuff. And it was just our personal call. And we, we didn't completely understand why, but we've been walking with God long enough to know a nudge. You know the nudge where you just know God's in it. And uh, so we put it on the market and we thought, obviously, because we put it on the market that it would sell tomorrow. It didn't. In fact, it took seven full weeks to the day. As I was about to preach name and dipping seven times, I worked out that it was actually seven weeks to the day that God actually brought an offer on our house. And we're walking out the conditions of that at the moment. And we've managed to uh, purchase a home. Uh, again, just walking out the conditions, but everything's looking great. And, uh, you know, I, I thought about that because we thought we were downsizing. And God's given us 70 square meters more in the house. He's given us 250 square meters more section. And we've got a view where we can see the sea. Who would have thought? But that's the God who moves mountains. And when we, have, when we pray first, when we trust and obey, he can do things that we wouldn't even think are possible. So this morning, we're coming around the thought of front foot faith. Front foot faith. I want to read a passage out of Second Samuel. One day, Jonathan, son of Saul, said to his young armor bearer, come. Let us go over to the Philistine outpost on the other side. But he did not tell his father. 
We'll talk about that in a moment. Saul was staying on the outskirts of Gibeah under a pomegranate tree in Migron. With him were about 600 men, among whom was Ahijah, who was wearing an ephod. He was one of the priests. He was a son of Ichabod's brother Ahitab. These are hard words. Son of Phinehas, the son of Eli, the Lord's priest in Shiloh. No one was aware that Jonathan had left. On each side of the pass that Jonathan intended to cross to reach the Philistine outpost was a cliff. One was called Bozes and the other Sini. One cliff stood to the north toward Michmash and the other to the south towards Geba. Jonathan said to his young armor bearer, come, let us go over to the outpost of those uncircumcised men. Perhaps, remember that word, perhaps the Lord will act on our behalf. Nothing can hinder the Lord from saving, whether by many or by few. Do all that you have in mind, the armor bearer said. Go ahead, I am with you, heart and soul. Jonathan said, come, let's cross over towards them and let, us, let them see us. If they say to us, wait there until we come to you, we will stay where we are and not go up to them. But if they say, come up to us, we will climb up because that will be our sign that the Lord has given them into our hands. Can I say, if, you, if you're given a sign to God, that wouldn't be the one I would have chosen. It would have been something like if they threw their weapons down and said, we surrender, that would be the sign that maybe God is with us. No, it's like if they taunt you and tell you to come up and, and fight, yes, the Lord's given this to us. Anyway, that's just a little interlude from that passage. So both of them show themselves to the Philistine outpost. Hey. Look, said the Philistines, the Hebrews are crawling out of the holes they're hiding in. The men of the outpost shouted to Jonathan and his armor bearer, come up to us and we'll teach you a lesson, as they would. So Jonathan said to his armor bearer, climb up after me. The Lord has given them into the hand of Israel. Jonathan, Jonathan, Jonathan. Jonathan climbed up, using his hands and feet, with his armor bearer right behind him. The Philistines fell before Jonathan. And his armor bearer followed and killed behind him. In that first attack, Jonathan and his armor bearer killed some 20 men in an area of about half an acre. Then panic struck the whole army, those in the camp and field and those in the outposts and raiding parties, and the ground shook. It was a panic sent by God. Come on, when we step out in obedience and we kind of live a life that says perhaps... We can see some miracles take place. Would you pray as we look at this passage together? Father, we thank you. You are the God that moves mountains. And God, I speak again to every mountain that any one of us are facing. We say in the name of Jesus and with the faith that you've given us, we bring that and say, move that mountain in the name of Jesus. We declare it over every life. Lord, build faith again in us again today that we would step out of these doors. and We would pray. We would trust and obey. And Lord, that we would have a front foot faith, one that would say, perhaps, perhaps the Lord is with us. In Jesus' name, amen. The heart of this series is to move us from a place of unbelief to belief. To, to move us from a place of just wondering whether something will happen to expecting God to move on our behalf. As we've learned, it's not always enough just to pray. We have to trust and obey. And I believe if we consistently walk in trust and obedience, we will develop what I want to call a front foot faith. A front foot faith. What is a front foot faith? Well, I've played football for all of my life. And the amount of times my coach would yell at me from the sideline or to the team saying, get on your toes. Get on your toes. Stop being flat footed. 
Can I get a volunteer? Thank you, Ben. <laughs> Look at the way he volunteers so quickly. That's amazing. Now, Ben knows a bit of, bit of stuff about sport, and uh, he's fit. He's strong, stronger than me, absolutely. Now, I want you to just, just kind of rock back on your heels. You know, just, just you're waiting for something to happen. And uh, I want to, you know, just, just resist. Oh, it's very hard for him to resist. Now, get on the front foot like you're starting a race, okay? You, you're prepared. You're ready. Uh, the guy's coming at you. Now I want you to, okay, I'm not pushing him over. He's not going over at all, is he? And I won't embarrass myself trying to push him over because it's not going to happen. Ben, you can go get a crunchy and uh, you can have it for yourself. Thank you. In this passage, we, we see a fascinating comparison. Yeah, you can give him a clap. He did well. <laughs> we see a fascinating comparison between King Saul and his son, Jonathan, who, according to this, the rules of succession, Jonathan should have had the crown after Saul. But early on in, in his relationship with, with his dad, and then he saw David coming through the ranks, Jonathan realized that David was supposed to be king. Rather than being jealous, Jonathan gave his whole heart to David. He said, David, I will support you. I will be loyal to you. You will be my king, even though it could have been his. Now, that's some kind of faith right there, to believe that God was bigger than even what the world would say would be succession. And I love the fact that Jonathan, he had a different spirit to Saul. As we look at the story of Jonathan, I want us to compare our lives in, in, in the areas that matter to us, our faith, and our family, and our home, and our work with our friends, and our finances. I, I want us to think about whether we are front-footed or whether we're back-footed. How do we think when we're approaching the challenges that we face within our relationships, within our faith? Do we believe God can move mountains or are we kind of rocking back just waiting for something to happen? What about our work? Whatever you do for a living, whether you're at home as a mom or a dad looking after the children, whether you're working in a business, whether it's part-time, full-time, whether you're driving a truck, you're at the hospital, whether you're at school, at university, whatever it is you are, are you front-footed? Are you believing that you're going to get that promotion? Are you believing that you're going to get that opportunity to share? Are you believing that if you take that risk in your business, God will come through with it? Or are you rocking back, waiting for something to happen? What about your family? You know there's something not right within your family, and you're rocking back just waiting for that offense to go away. You're waiting for that, that relationship to be made right again. And God's saying, I want you to be on the front foot. I want you to be proactive. I want you to go to somebody and say, I am so sorry I was wrong. Would you forgive me? Or, or be honest and say, you know what? When you said that, that hurt me so much. Can we talk about it? Can we make things right? Come on, I want to be front foot when it comes to my relationships with my friends and my family. What about our health? New Year's and Christmas was far too good for me. Come on, anyone else regretting the overeating around that time of the year? I got, I got back on the scales after holiday and I went, oh dear, this is not my fighting fit weight. I've got to do something about it. I've got to make some choices and the choices are not chips and chocolate after nine o'clock. I'm sorry. <laughs> but I want to be on the front foot because... I want to be good in this job for the next 20, 30, 40 years or whenever somebody else brings somebody to take my role. 
I want to be a grandfather, great-grandfather. I want to live a long and full life because I've made good health decisions. Now, there's some decisions that in our health we can't do anything about. And it falls on us. And, 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 and it's a mountain that it seems impossible to move, but we can still take a front foot faith saying, God, I'm believing you're going to move this mountain of health in my life. So I believe there's three things we can learn from the story and uh, develop a front foot faith. Number one, faith and action moves mountains. Faith and action moves mountains. Jonathan was a brave and generous leader of men. And as a result, he hated inaction. He hated it when there wasn't something happening. First verse, it says, One day Jonathan saw, son of Saul said to his young armor bearer, Come, let's go over to the Philistine outpost on the other side. But he did not tell his father. Jonathan chose not to tell his father. And can I say to young people, this is not good advice. Okay, the Bible's very clear that we honor and we obey our parents. And see, if, if Jonathan had have told his father, his father would have said no, then he would have had to disobey. I think Jonathan operated out of a principle, which is not biblical, but it's something that probably we do a bit too often, and we, it's better to ask for forgiveness than it is permission. In this instance, Jonathan went out knowing his father would disagree with him. Verse 2 and 3 describes Saul and all of his notable warriors, priests sitting under a pomegranate tree, having a little breather, but tired from battle maybe. Verse, four, uh, verse 3, it says, no one was aware Jonathan had left. <laughs> verse 4, on each side of the pass that Jonathan intended to cross to reach the Philistine outpost was a cliff. One was called Bozes and the other Sini. One cliff stood to the north towards Michmash and the other to the south towards Geba. Jonathan said to his young armor bearer, come, let us go over to the outpost of those uncircumcised men. Perhaps the Lord will act on our behalf. Nothing can hinder the Lord from saving, whether by many or by few. Jonathan makes a crazy front foot faith statement, I believe. He kind of looks at the scenario, looks at the situation ahead of him, and he says, perhaps. Not I am certain. I am confident. But perhaps. The Lord is with us. Perhaps the Lord will go before us and win this victory. My second thought this morning, number one, is faith and action moves mountains. The second thought is that we need to believe God is with us every step. We need to believe that God is with us every step. I believe front foot faith takes on this belief. Perhaps the Lord is in this business venture. Perhaps that person that I can't shake, and even right now I'm thinking about, the Lord wants me to go and have a conversation and bless them. Go and pour out something generously into their life. Maybe you've you got some extra in your pocket and you just want to, you're just feeling perhaps I could go and bless somebody. Maybe. Perhaps that offense that I've been holding on to for 25 years, the Lord would free me from that if I would let it go. Perhaps. Perhaps. Is this license for us to kind of do whatever we like and expect God to bless it? Not at all. I think the perhaps thought is almost like a, an opportunity to engage in the, the God test. Is this God's will and purpose? What's the God test? Well, pass it through the filter of does it honor God, number one. Does it bless people, number two. And does it build his kingdom, 
Number three, I'd say if you're having a perhaps moment and you can put it through that filter and you can answer tick, tick, tick to those three things, does it honor God? Does it bless people? Does it build his kingdom? I'd say let's lean on the front foot of perhaps, right? Come on, let's get to this place that says, well, I'm going to go anyway. Because too often we'll sit back on our heels and we'll go, well, I'll wait for that to play out. God said, no, no, I want you to step into it. Faith requires a step. It requires some action. It's not enough just to wait for something to happen. Let's take on the attitude of, of, of Jonathan and his armor bearer that says, perhaps the Lord is in this. What if we could become a people that every day took a perhaps step? Perhaps. Perhaps you fill in the blanks. Write in your notes. Put it on a connect card. Perhaps the Lord is wanting me to do this. What could God do if we would have that attitude? Isaiah 41.10. There's some great promises in the Word of God. You should read them. They're really good. Here's a great one. Listen to this. Fear not, for I am with you, says God. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Do you need help? Do you need to be strengthened? Believe and trust in God when he says that I'm with you. God says I'm with you. I will be with you wherever you go. We have to believe that God is with us every step. And lastly, as the team come this morning, we've got to do life with others. Number three, we're going to be front foot people. We've got to do life with others. Can I tell you, if you're thinking of going through life on your own, thinking that relationships with others, you don't need them, it's a lonely and a hard journey on your own. And, and, and the reality is in this place, uh, all of us have been hurt. All of us have been hurt by somebody. All of us have given it a shot with a friendship and, and it didn't work out like we hoped. That person that we thought we could trust let us down. And so we, we rock onto the back foot again and we say, I'm not going to trust again. But God's saying, come on, front foot faith says we do life together. We do life together. We do life with other people. I love Jonathan. He's brave and courageous. Wasn't afraid of a skirmish, but you know what? He didn't do it alone. Jonathan floats the idea to this young armor bearer. We don't know his name. We don't even get to celebrate his name. But this is a young armor bearer who says, Jonathan, I'm with you. Jonathan says, perhaps. And this is what this guy says. I like him so much. Do all that you have in mind, his armor bearer said. Go ahead. I am with you. Come on, heart and soul. Do you have an armor bearer in your life? Do you have somebody in your world that, that, is, that is like that for you? That could be someone's armor bearer right now. Saying, come on, it's time. Do you have an armor bearer? Someone who's walking the journey with you. S somebody who, who says, come on, let's do it. I'm with you, heart and soul. I'm so blessed to have people like that in my world. I'm so blessed to have Paul Shepard in my world. He's an armor bearer. He's one that says, Mike, whatever's on your heart, you go and do it. But you know what? I'm, I'm blessed to be an armor bearer for Pastor Luke. Because when Pastor Luke says, I've got this idea, 
That's crazy. It'll cost millions of dollars. I'm like, go, do it. Because whatever's on your heart. This is a man that starts with, a, with an offering of $10. Goes to the bank and the bank says, you want to build a building for your church? He says, yes. Do you have an offering? Do you, know, do you have like a building fund? He goes, yes, I do. Didn't tell them it was $10. But now we have assets approaching $100 million in Auckland and Northland because of a man of faith that says, perhaps, perhaps we could buy a little block of land that might one day intersect Botany and Howick. It was just a massive big piece of farmland. Perhaps a city will fill itself around our church one day. Thousands of people gather across our six campuses every single week. Perhaps. Come on, do you have an armor bearer? Do you have someone walking the journey with you? Do you have somebody that, that you can trust? Small group sign up today, people. If you're not in a small group, come on. Take a chance again. If you've been hurt, I'm going to pray. Right now, actually. For those that have been hurt in relationship, he said, I'm not going to trust anymore. If that's you, I want to pray for you right now. If you just put your hand on your heart, you know, just everyone with their eyes closed and so no one's looking around. I just really believe that some hearts need to be healed this morning. Where relationships have, have gone wrong and you said, I'll never trust again. God, I pray for every person, Lord, that has been genuinely hurt by people to the point where their hearts were broken. God, I pray for healing. I pray for a, a grace to be able to let go of offense, to be able to forgive and to be able to trust again. Right now, Holy Spirit, you are our comforter. Would you bring comfort to every heart that's been hurt? Would you bring healing and strength in the name of Jesus? Give them courage, even today, to say, I'm, I'm going to sign up. I'm going to give it a go. In Jesus' name, amen. I just felt that I need to pray that over some people today. Come on, let's sign up. Let's make a commitment to do life together. Proverbs 18, 24. One who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. You have a friend, a brother or a sister that stays so close. They know your stuff. They know your world. You know, on Thursday, I, was, I had an email come through my desk as I was preparing this message about a pastor in America. Very, very big church. Mid to late, 50, mid to late 40s, not, not much older than me, who ended his own life tragically through suicide. He'd shared pretty openly with his congregation about mental health and depression. But there was a comment that jumped out at me by somebody close to him within his leadership team. He said, we didn't realize the depth of the darkness he was facing. We're not supposed to do life alone. We're not supposed to, to go through the valleys alone. Let's walk them together. Let's find a friend. Let's get someone alongside us that that we can be open and real and honest and say, I'm having a really, really bad day today and I need a friend. To be able to be honest and say, I'm not doing good. I've got a good friend in this place. He sent me a text one day. He says, Mike, I'm not doing good. I didn't stop praying for him for a whole week until he told me that lifted. 
Man, I've got to have friends like that. I've got to have friends like that. Because, man, if I, I, I'm going to need a friend one day. And I hope someone's going to be that friend for me. And I know I've got people around me that will. But sometimes you want a friend, you've got to be a friend. So come on, let's have courage in 2019. Be front-footed and believe that we do life together. Over the last two weeks, as Amy shared, we've had the privilege of praying for at least 80 mountains that need to be moved. Already we've heard of two houses sold. We've heard of uh, two jobs. Incredible. But there's still more to move. And every week, right throughout the term, we're going to be praying for these mountains to be moved. And you know what I love about this? There's some people that have been really vulnerable in what they've opened up and shared. Can I tell you, as a, as a team, there's an incredible confidentiality. We're not sharing this publicly. When we get together as a prayer meeting on Wednesday, we take out all the personal details and we're just praying into situations, not, not names specifically. So, so there, is a, there is an incredible confidentiality. You don't need to worry about that. Your stuff getting out there. But we are believing and we're seeing faith rise within people. Amy and I, we climbed Mount Maniah um, Friday. We really felt like we had to climb the mountain and pray. We got to the top of the mountain. We prayed over every person in this church. Not by name, because there's a lot of people. <laughs> but you know what? We've spoken to every family. We believe for every mountain to be moved in the name of Jesus. This year, let's get into the light. Let's get out of darkness and into the light. 1 John 1, 5 says, God is light in him. There is no darkness at all. None. In relationship with God and relationship with others, we can find freedom from that darkness. Faith in action moves mountains. God is with us in every step. Let's make a commitment to do life with others. See, when one of us shares a testimony of what God's done, we move a mountain. We win a victory. How do I know that? Revelation 12, 11. It says, and they overcame him. Who's that? The saints. The people of God. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. And by the word of their testimony, they did not love their lives to death. The rest of the story, I love it, plays out as Jonathan approaches the Philistine outpost. Verse 13, Jonathan climbed up using his hands and feet with his armor bearer right behind him. Philistines fell before Jonathan and his armor bearer followed and killed behind him. In the first attack, Jonathan and his armor bearer killed some 20 men in an area of about half an acre. Then panic struck the whole army. Those in the camp and field and those in the outposts and raiding parties and the ground shook. It was a panic sent by God. As we begin to declare the testimonies of what God has done, we are going to see victory after victory after victory over the enemy. Come on. The enemy has taken too much from God's people over the last decade, 20, 30, 40 years. And we're going to start to share some testimonies. This is what God has done. This is the mountain that God moved. I couldn't move it, but God has moved it. Can I ask you, please, if God's moved a mountain in this next 10 weeks, can you tell us? Let us know. We want to share it. We won't have to share the details of it. But we want to let people know that God is a God who moves mountains. Let's have faith to believe. You know, if you're here this morning and you're saying, I don't know this God that you're talking about, you have to know Him. You've got to get to know Him because He loves you so much. 
He loves you so much. He has a plan and a purpose for your life like you wouldn't believe. He loves you so much that it doesn't matter what you've done or what you're doing right now. That does not change how much He loves you. But the problem with our relationship with God is sin gets in the way. Our sin, our selfishness, our pride, our pride, our sin separates us from a relationship with God. And not one person is perfect. We've all fallen. We've all missed the mark. But God made a way through His Son, Jesus. Jesus who said yes and trust and obedience to the Father. He says, yes, I will go down and I will be a sacrifice for a people who need a Savior. And I'm so glad that we have a Savior that moves mountains. And if you are here today and you don't have a relationship with God, it's one prayer. One step of obedience that says, God, I want to turn from my old way of living. I'm going to commit my life to you and I'm going to walk under your leadership now. Can I tell you, God is the best boss because he's got the best for you. The perks, the benefits are beyond what you can imagine. But it's not about that. It's about a, a God that loves you and cares for you and believes in you. I want to pray a prayer and I'd love to include anyone wanting to pray that prayer for the very first time or maybe you're coming back to God. Would you be brave this morning? Pray that prayer. We're all going to pray it together. And then at the end of the prayer, we're just going to get you to raise your hand. Just simply so one of our team can come and connect with you after, after the service. Start you on that journey of becoming a follower of Jesus. So come on, why don't we pray together? Heavenly Father, thank you for your love for me. Thank you there is nothing I could do that would make you love me less. I give my life to you. I turn from my old way of living. Please forgive me for my sins. I repent and turn from my old ways. I accept your grace and your forgiveness. In Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer for the very first time, or maybe in this moment you know your relationship isn't right with God, and you pray that saying, God, I want a better relationship with you. I'm coming back into relationship with you again. Would you, would you raise your hand? Say, that's me. Pray that maybe for the first time or you're coming back into relationship with God again. I'm not going to embarrass you, but we just want to connect with you after the service. We want to know who you are. Anyone this morning? Praise God. Father, we thank you. You're a God that moves mountains. Lord, again, we speak to every mountain that people are facing. Not even right now, maybe they're just thinking of something that they want to see moved. Lord, give them the courage even just to write it down now. Lord, as we continue to pray week in, week out over this next term, for these mountains to be moved, Lord, we're going to see the testimonies. We're going to hear the testimonies of your goodness and your faithfulness. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Thanks, Amy. Come on, let's give God some praise, eh, for what he's doing. Awesome word, honey. Great. You know, I, I hold in my hand a praise report, and this is a financial breakthrough. And I really want to share this to you as we come around our time to receive our tithes and offerings, um, that our family in our church have had a major financial breakthrough. They've had a contract payment at government level come through in the last week. And it seemed impossible, and there was nothing uh, this family could do, but God was on the move, and he's the God that moves the mountains. Uh, this family payment was approved last week. They have been repaid what was due to them. Isn't God good? Thank you, Lord. Yeah, he's a good and faithful God. And I really encourage you that if he's stirring in your heart to fill 
fill out a Connect card with a prayer request or a praise report. Do that now. I encourage you can put it in the offering bucket. As it goes by, we also have Connect boxes out in the foyer as well. And uh, I'm just going to pray.